I've been. We should no. You know what we should do? We should play a tabletop game, like and, and just pod it. Just pod. We could try like. That's what I just said. No, but I mean, but like D and D takes a long time. But we could play like, you know, like Monopoly or Risk or something. Yeah, and just try to like pot it and just. We have to be totally really complete. entertaining. Yeah. In I mean, order to do that, I don't. I mean, aren't we really entertaining though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I edit the podcast. I'm entertaining. You guys are entertaining when I edit. That's about it. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. National treasure. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm doing well, man. So I just want to know, um, you know, you're Colombian. Shakira's Colombian. Yes. First of all, are you guys related? Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Second of all, as a Colombian American, <laughs> yes. How many times a day do you listen to that song? The that is um, that is an inappropriate question. The <laughs> proper question would be how many times a day am I not listening to that song? <laughs> I actually have the world's <laughs> smallest Bluetooth speaker installed in my ear. That is... Constantly playing that song on repeat. <laughs> I don't know if it's uncomfortably Christian, but it's certainly uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It hurts. <laughs> I can only sleep on my left side. Um, so. <laughs> here's another thing I have to ask you about Shakira. Yes. Um, do you... You know, she's dating, married to um, Gerard Piquet. Okay. The uh, <laughs> Barcelona defender. Yeah. And I wonder if what she was saying about Hips Don't Lie was not about dancing, but about uh, playing defensive midfield in soccer. You know, because you have to have smooth hips to be able to change direction well. I'll tell you what hips don't lie about um, in in, in terms of copyright infringement. Yeah. What do they not lie about? They don't lie about everything except for copyright infringement. Mm. Because that song, this is actually real. The, the beginning, like, little trumpet thing at the beginning of the song. Yeah. They actually got in trouble for using that because it is another, like, salsa group uh, in Latin America that used that in one of their songs. Like, it, it was originally by another band. Ah. And they actually did get in trouble for copyright infringement. So the, the, what you're trying to say is, Shakira, don't be a hypocrite. I'm and trying to say that her hips might not lie about other things, but they certainly do lie about copyright infringement. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Well, well done. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> good job defending your cousin there. Well, um, second cousin. Second cousin. Sorry. Thousand yeah. apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Uncomfortably Christian Podcast. Are you welcoming me or? Well, I'm welcoming people. Okay. I'm just welcoming the general public. The, the populace. The populace. The okay. people. You know, the people. Yeah. The hoi polloi. I got you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm welcoming, <laughs> you know, our listeners. Daniel, aren't you thankful for our listeners? Uh, sure. 
<laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> Love our listeners. They would spread the word a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> what if we should get off their butts and do something, <laughs> you know, for the podcast? What have they done for us lately? Oh, we man. spent all this time, you know, opening Seriously. beer and and listen. saying crazy things about Shakira. <laughs> and what have they done? Nothing. Listen, for all the for all the plays that we get on our actual podcast, we only have like nine followers on Twitter. Yeah, come on, people. <laughs> you, at least you could follow us on Twitter. What's yeah. our What's our Twitter handle, Daniel? Um, okay, this might be part of the problem because I've been saying it wrong uh, for like weeks. It's a uh, it's uncomfortably X. And also, someone tweeted at me. Um, is it uncomfortably X or is it uncomfortably? It's un- it's X-I-A-N. at it's at uncomfortably x, but the name of the account is uncomfortably x i a n. Well, that's why. So the handle, oh, yeah. But like, come on, realistically, come on. how many people actually I mean, listen to that part? Hey, of the seriously, pod, or any really? Damn, Daniel, really? <laughs> like, really? Thought we were done with that. No, nope. <laughs> never. Um, but yeah, someone tweeted tweeted at us the other day. Did you see that? I did see that. <laughs> I did see that. Um, actually, we've had a couple of people tweet at us. I can pull it up real quick because it was hilarious to me. Pull up, pull up our Twitter. Yeah. Um, D- Kent doesn't have a Twitter. He's asking if he needs to get a Twitter. Well, you know what? People um, tweet at us and tell us if Kent needs to get a Twitter. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if we don't get any people to tweet at us to get that want Kent to have a Twitter, I don't. If somebody can't express why Kent should have a Twitter in 140 characters, then I don't think he needs one. That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. 140 characters is all anyone needs to say anything. Yeah, honestly. I mean, so there's never guy, been misunderstandings in 140 characters. This guy, um, I don't know. Do I get in trouble for saying what people's Twitter handles are, especially if they're public accounts, whatever? Yeah, no, I think you can say their Twitter handle. Okay, so at bear underscore charger. Yeah, bear charger. Um, Shout out to bear charger. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to edit that out. I, kinda I wanna, forgot to pause. I honestly kind of want to keep it. <laughs> we'll give it. We'll give it. AJ was probably trying to do an air horn I or was. something. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's for that's for you, Bear Charger. So at Bear Char, I hope this is a joke because if it's a joke, I think it's hilarious. If it's not a joke, I still think it's really funny. <laughs> um, he said, "Uncomfortably or at uncomfortably X is taking Christ out of Christian." <laughs> <laughs> It's controversy, controversy, shots fired. Honestly, uh, like, hey, no, you know what this means? We've made it. We're being attacked on Twitter. We've made it. Guys, Oh man, is that what we're, we're official. Yes. Like once you're attacked on Twitter, you're officially a big deal. Mm. Even if it's bear charger. Thank you, bear charger. Also, he's charging at us. Does that mean we're bears? Or is he, or is he a bear charging? Like bear the charger. Is this my first slice of Twitter beef? Yeah. yeah, this is a t- this is our first Twitter beef. This is our our first. Yeah, we're just gonna tweet like, Twitter. what kind of name is that? Twitter Bear feud. Charger. You know what what does that even do? mean? We need to we need to like find other podcasts of like slightly awkward, like nonsensical Christian guys who drink on their podcast and start a, f- a Twitter feud with them. Yeah, that's what we got to do. But we're like definitely we're start the a Twitter underdogs. feud with a bad Christian <laughs> podcast. Just like, <laughs> hey, you guys aren't as bad Christians as you think you are. Yeah, uh-uh. yeah, 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 yeah. like. Yeah, we'll do that. That's good. Yeah. You know what else we're going to do? What? Uh, back at it with the grape soda? Yep, back <laughs> at it. Cool. It's actually quite good this week. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Really? It's a. It's actually a new sponsor. Oh, who who is it? I can't tell you that. Uh. <laughs> do you want to know why? Why? Because they haven't actually sent us any money yet. So they're not sponsors. 
they're they're soon to be sponsors. They're sponsoring us in a way because we are drinking. Oh, that is really good, isn't it? Wow. Don't mention their name. Do not mention their name. They haven't paid us for this spot. Man, that Coors Light was so good. Yeah, that's definitely not it. If you said, <laughs> wow, that's so good, and then you looked and you had to look down at the name, and then we're like, oh, it's Coors Light? It definitely wasn't Coors Light. I can tell you that much. Uh, mm. You know, Daniel, speaking of speaking of feedback that we're getting from our our Twitter followers and our and just our followers and our friends in general. Yeah. You know what they really loved? What did they love? My mom on the podcast. They did. That I is... got. I've gotten two. I, I, I tweeted this the other day, but I've gotten two bits of feedback from the podcast. Yeah. Well, one I love, is I love the fact that we like tackled like racial reconciliation, like really trying to rebind the threads of our nation that have been torn asunder by six hundred years of oppression. Shout and out that... to Wickham torn asunder. <laughs> and that's what people get out of the podcast is your mom. Hey man, you got to give the people yeah. what they want. True. You got to give it to them. So, um, my mom doesn't know, but I think we should call her. And if she doesn't answer, we'll edit it out. Yeah. Well then we'll just call her again. She always, she'll answer eventually. Okay. She's not doing anything. <laughs> Sunday. Okay. <laughs> the Lord's Lord's day. So let's just, let me connect this real quick. All right. So it seems I've suddenly lost myself. Yeah. Well, you know, that means that's working. Like I can't hear over the headphones, but that's okay. There's, yeah. I wonder what we do if she doesn't answer. We'll just, I don't know. Hello. Hey. Hey, honey. What's doing? I'm on the podcast. How are you? You are. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I know. Well, see, here's what happened was that there was a huge, uh, just a huge outcry for you to come back on the podcast. Movement. It was a grassroots movement of like two to three people. And considering that, as you so aptly mentioned, that we only have about nine podcast listeners, when 33% of our podcast <laughs> listeners demand something, we give the people what they want. People are smart. <laughs> I mean, I, have you met the have you met the people? I, just, I know some of these people. They? How smart are they to listen to this podcast? Yeah, I've met some of the people hmm. that are on your podcast. Yeah, that listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, well, what are you what are you doing this afternoon? I'm laying in the sun. Hmm. It's a very Florida thing for you to do. Very Sunday thing to do. Yes, I work. I work very hard though. I work all weekend raising these and all that, but that, that's it. And I've so, well, you know, here's what I wanted to ask you. Cause we're, we're doing a podcast now on, on getting young people in the church. And so I just want to know, like, what do you think? You're the mother of a young person. What, what do I, what do I want in a church experience? Well, I'll tell you what, as, an go ahead. Person, okay. Let me, let me just answer that question. Please, please do. <laughs> As an old person, being raised in a conservative, very conservative Christian church, Baptist, um, I enjoy that they've taken some of the older hymns that I grew up with and have put a contemporary spin on them. And the words, the young people enjoy that too. That brings them into church. And they enjoy it. We used to say we like to sit closer in the balcony, up in the balcony, or the balcony in my church, and we like to sit up there because it was closer to God and farther away from the pastor. <laughs> 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 
sounds awesome. So, so getting young people into church, how do we get them there? I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> so that whole wait, I'm sorry. Time out. Hold on, just a second. I need. I have a, qu- a quick bone to pick with you. So I just said, how would you do that? We did this whole story for you to get to the end and go. Yeah, I don't really know, but. I think the moral of the story is only have churches where there's balconies. Yeah, so the moral of the story is that you need a, that we need a balcony in our church. Is that what you're trying to say? I know. <laughs> yeah, don't call people out from the pulpit. How's that? Okay. That's a good one. That's a good advice. That's a good advice. No, I just, um, I don't, you know, I don't know, but I know that the more contemporary service probably is better for young people, and they enjoy it more, and they're more apt to come back. Okay. Um, to that kind of service hmm. than a more what I think of as a traditional service. Yeah. Um, and food. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's something we hadn't we haven't considered. I think food is actually yeah. That's just free stuff, man. People love free Some stuff. Some literal daily bread. T- t-shirt cannon. T-shirt cannon. Tell them, tell them there's gonna be lunch served afterwards. You know, we should you, we should put like a tattoo parlor in the church. Ooh. <laughs> Silence on the other end. Are you yeah, we were just wondering if Dan. I mean, that was Daniel, but uh, I mean, hey, we're we're getting rid of the balcony. We got to put something up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know the young people getting in the church and keeping them in. I think you can always friends invite friends, and you can always get them there once or twice. But keeping them there, mm. huh? That's All right. True. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to say to to Daniel? Daniel, I actually I enjoy Daniel. Daniel, <laughs> um, I've never met Daniel. Um, yeah, he's a listener you haven't met, so there. Yeah, he's a listener I haven't met. <laughs> but I, but I enjoy Daniel's um, coming in, his his thoughts on your various subjects that you have, and um. I like Daniel. I don't even know Daniel. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. Daniel, we'll meet someday because I'll be coming up that way. Oh, great. We'll meet. But um, I come up there quite a bit because AJ doesn't come down to the <laughs> Oh, man, here we go. Oh. Shots fired. We're, you don't, don't air this on the podcast. Oh, man. We're giving you a platform. Don't abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll meet you someday, Daniel. But I enjoy, actually enjoy all the podcasts, um, as you might expect. I don't necessarily agree with everything you say, but I agree with the, If you don't, I don't think anybody will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, you're my son, so everything you say is just golden to me. <laughs> but, um, your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, that's a five-star review from a listener. Yeah. Oh wait, uh, one quick, one more quick question before I before I let you hang up. How okay. how are you doing since Peyton Manning retired? Are you okay? Oh, oh. Um, I I don't think I talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I knew he was going to, and I'm in a way happy that he did. You know, Sometimes you got to put the dog the dog down. Mm, that is a weird <laughs> metaphor. But, I still have, I got a new calendar, you know, for 2016, but I had Peyton Manning, the Broncos calendar, and I took the Peyton Manning picture and attached it to the bottom, and I can't take it down, it's still there. Mm. And, and so, 
And I still have my Peyton Manning shirt, of course, that I'll be wearing. And um, good Christmas gift. Hey, put it on your list. There's lots of T-shirts and things out there. You know, number 18, there'll never be another. And, you mm. know, the greatest ever. And that should get a lot of people talking that I think he is not the greatest ever. Definitely. And I think he's up there. Degrees in the top five. All right. Hot take. So, okay. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for phoning in. We're going to, we're going to try to make this a regular segment because apparently like when we call you, our numbers go up. So (laughs) (laughs) phone phone is just, you're all your lines are busy right now. (laughs) Yeah. All the lines are busy because, because they know we're talking to you. Okay. Okay. Well, the only thing, the only question I have back is just about Peyton. Is Daniel a football fan and a, um, Daniel, wait, the correct answer to that is Peyton Manning is the greatest football yes, player ever. Peyton Manning, I have a closet dedicated to Peyton Manning me- memorabilia. I mean, um, Tom Brady. <laughs> in, in all honesty, I'm more of a college football person, but. Well, see, I enjoy all sports and I do enjoy college football. Yeah. Well, so, that's, yeah. Um, Maybe when maybe when you come up, you and Daniel can watch some college football. Yeah, maybe we can cheer on my Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> 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 well, you guys, listen, thank you for calling me, and, and I'll be happy to join the podcast. All right. Okay, well, uh, I think I think she's gone. I think she's dead, Jim. Oh, man. That's weird. I think, I think, well, yep. It is. The call just dropped there. Kind of a delayed call drop. Yeah, okay. Well, hey. Weirdly, weirdly well timed call drop, though. So, yeah, talking, yeah, thanks, Mom, for the, uh, for the insights on drawing young people to the church on Peyton Manning, little sports talk. Yeah. Um, little college football talk. What else did we cover there? Food? That's an idea I hadn't thought of. Something about pounds sterling. Yeah. Also, if we if we talk about something that I ended up cutting out, just don't be confused. Yeah. Uh, it was a long conversation. Yeah. yeah. My mom ended up giving us her whole uh, Christian life story to the. Which is good to answer that. It was we great. need a we need a testimony Tuesday. A testimony Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's our that'll be our new awkward moment. Testimony yeah. Tuesday. It's a three part series. <laughs> <laughs> three part series. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about getting young people in the church. Uh, this is the question that I think happens a lot of the time. Um, what not happens for a lot of churches Mm -hmm. is that they're constantly wrestling with this or if they're not wrestling with it, people are freaking out that they're not wrestling with it. Yeah. Uh, which is how do we get more young people to engage in the church? And I think on one hand, this is a really great, uh, thing to aspire to Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. One, Younger people tend to have a little bit more time. So you volunteer more just because if you don't have, you know, kids, maybe you're young married, but you don't have kids or your your job doesn't take up quite as much time as it does later on. You might have more free time to volunteer. Sure. Um, and they kind of bring energy and stuff like that to, mm-hmm. a, to a service. However, I'll say on the flip side, I think sometimes this is the wrong question to ask, that at times uh, people ask should we just constantly ask what young people would want and not what's best for their church? Hmm. 
Um, so, I mean, Daniel, what do you, what, are you, have you been a part of any of these conversations before? Um, I've kind of had a, a sort of outsider looking in, looking in perspective at a, a big transition period that the church that my parents are actually, uh, that they go to in Atlanta, um, they have traditionally been a, a, a decently, I don't know. I hesitate to use the word traditional because I don't really. It's kind of empty sometimes. But um, yeah, what does that word mean? But right, they they have, for lack of a better term, they've been a traditional uh, church. Or maybe let's say they have not embraced maybe like this sort of contemporary move. Sure, because which which is like I mean, it's not. It's sort of the same thing, but I think people have a better. Yeah, the lights and the bigger drums and the electric guitar. See, what I want to do is I want to shed the word traditional of any negative connotation, though, because I don't think traditional means bad. Yeah, well, this is another thing that word that doesn't really mean anything, right? Because traditional just means like contemporary for one time, right? And everyone says traditional, and I don't know, like some people mean like 1955 traditional, and some people mean like 1755 traditional, right? Yeah, so, I don't. I don't think it, it automatically means bad. As much as I don't think contemporary automatically means good, but uh, so for lack of a better term, my parents have been going to this church. Uh, it's actually where I went to high school. Um, I went to the youth group there, but it's it's been going through this transition period of kind of trying to embrace a more contemporary style of worship, especially. Yeah. Um, so right now, in in that transition, they're at a at a place where they have two services. One right. service is in like the main chapel, and they're having, um, you know, their the acapella worship that they've been having for, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second service, they're actually doing it in the youth room, uh, where they have because the youth room has like lights and it's dark and stuff. Um, but it it also has like all the speakers that you need for a full instrumental set. Um, and I think a big part of it is they have been on this on this transition to try to figure out why young people aren't going to church, um, especially at that church, what they can do to draw young people in. And I think as I mean, your mom actually, I think, hit the nail on the head with the problem of, of actually keeping young people where they're at, because I think our generation tends to be restless. Um, I don't have enough insight to know if that's just our generation, but we are very prone to be in one place one week and the other place the other. Yeah, I was talking to our uh, mutual friend, mentor, employer, um, <laughs> youth or uh, college minister extraordinaire. Yeah, uh, Thomas Augustus Park, <laughs> uh, and he was he actually made a really good point about this. He's saying, you know, uh, he's a youth minister or a, excuse me, a college minister at uh, UNF, and he was talking about you know a lot of times people are saying, oh, we want young people to come to. Um, our church, and he was saying, let me tell you something about young people. Number one, they have no money, so mm. they're not going to be able to give financially to support the church. Number two, uh, they are in college, which means that they're only, if they're in, you know, if they moved or they're even, um, you know, 30, 45 minutes from home, that means they're only going to be here at this church 40 weeks out of the year, maybe less, 35 weeks yeah. out of the year. And then they're college students, which means they're pretty much, unless they're more committed, they're probably only going to come half those times. Mm -hmm. So if you're lucky, then maybe they're 20 weeks out of the year. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we do have to, and this is coming, we're both younger-ish. I would say younger. Younger Younger-ish, younger, um, depending on your definition, I suppose. 
we have to sometimes take a step back and go, you know, does, does, should we change the entire service around, you know, this group? Right. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that we should. Um, especially if, if you don't do it well. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's interesting to me because, because for some reason, everyone's instinct is, is let's embrace the contemporary movement. Like let's try to look like Hillsong. Yes. Um, where on the one hand, that's, I mean, going back to the whole conversation we had about what it means to be relevant, you're only really embracing a certain type of young person. Um, but if you look at, at wider church demographics as a whole, you have two, uh, you have two currents, I guess, two theological trends that are basically taking evangelicalism by storm. Okay. And you have the charismatic movement, um, which is, I mean, hey. your, your Hillsong people, AJ three years ago, uh, three years ago, you mean like three minutes ago? <laughs> You have, and again, I'm not trying to say one is good and one is bad. Um, you have, you know, Hillsong type churches. You got your community churches that really focus on what's experiential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on yeah, the, experiential. I think experiential is the word that I use a lot with people versus charismatic. Sure. Because when you say charismatic, like people automatically get a thing in their mind. Yeah. And I, I, I lean towards experiential because that tends to sound more philosophical. <laughs> um, and people don't immediately jump to the going off the rails on a crazy train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind and, of and that's, that's the thing. Like let's be charitable to different Christian movements just because like yeah. if someone describes themselves as charismatic, it doesn't mean that they go to their like 20 person church and hand like handle rattlesnakes every Sunday. Yeah. Um, that's actually not the majority of charismatics at all. No. Um, on the other side of it, you have kind of the new reformed, new Calvinist yeah. uh, movement, which like think of the opposite of what I just described. And that's the caricature that you should get of the new Calvinist movement. Yeah. Um, you have people that follow people like John Piper, people like Tim Keller, um, uh, people like, I don't know, Matt Chandler, um, that are kind of bringing this hundred year old, not hundred year old, like 500 year old confessional church movement and trying to contextualize it in the 21st century. And yeah. I think it's interesting that those are the two trends. Yeah, I think what you're getting with those two trends is is on one hand you have like a sort of a very evangelical movement, meaning like high on evangelism. Yeah. Uh, so as someone who's, I would say I'm pretty much as dead center as you can be in between these two camps. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I've been in both, I've worked for both, um, done ministry with both. And pull a lot of my experiences and my um, theology and my practice out of both. Yeah. Um, I would say on the one side, like, the and this is a good thing to take out of um, sort of the experiential movement, is that they're very much about reaching. Mm -hmm. Very good about reaching out. So I guess actually my mom made a good point here. Um, (laughs) Shout out to my mom's. Um, so very good at reaching out, like very good at bringing people in. Yeah. But I find that what happens is those churches tend to go through cycles really Mm. quickly. Um, there's about a two to three year shelf life and then people tend to move on. Yeah. And so they're either replaced by new people or like there's this one old guard that kind of keeps things going. Mm -hmm. But basically it's, you know, two to three years, maybe five of people coming in, getting saved, kind of growing up and then starting to 
um, say that they want something a little bit more, mm-hmm. kind of wanting to go a little bit a step further. Um, and that's, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying that's, that's sometimes the feeling is that's, that. Yeah. That can be that the, they, the, the trend. That, yeah. They just feel like they're, they want to get in contact with something that's a little bit more historic, maybe a little bit more, um, I'm trying to think of a word that doesn't imply positive or negatives. Uh, something that's, you know, maybe more exegetical style preaching, yeah. maybe walking through the Bible, um, you know, where a sermon for, a sort of experiential church may be very based on um, kind of the bare bones minimums mm-hmm. of like getting people into the faith where, you know, maybe these neo-Calvinist movements, we're talking more like 45 minutes and walking through the Bible. And it may not specifically be a message aimed at brand new Christians. It may be for more mature Christians. Yeah. And so they start to receive from that. But so I think what I would say is there's something that the neo-reformed kind of movement could really look at with the focus on evangelism mm-hmm. and get something out of that. And then the people that really focus on evangelism could look at the neo-reform movement and see kind of the focus on growing and discipling. Yeah. And could really get something out of that. Yeah. I think, and, and, and that's the, that's the key again, in, in being charitable to brothers and sisters in Christ who just happen to be in a different kind of Christian tradition. Um, because it's so easy to paint a caricature of either side of the spectrum um, and say, oh, you're you're one of the reformed people. You're like one of the frozen chosen. You just study theology all the time and don't actually live out the word. Yeah. Or, oh, you're one of the experiential, super like, you know, charismatic people. Oh, you must be like, you know, one of the like Benny Hinn type people yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, where, yeah, I think, I mean, how many reformed churches? And I, I can I can talk into this because. Um, I don't know, like, I haven't had much experience in the experiential side of Christianity. Um, but as far as Reformed churches, the the stereotype is that they're not very good at outreach, mm-hmm. not very good at evangelism. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say that it is a stereotype for a reason. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Stereotypes exist for a reason, normally, yeah. um, uh, as far as, like, in the church culture. Exactly. Um, there's a reason that they're called the frozen chosen. It's not because <laughs> they, it's not because they're flag waving often. It's cause, uh, it's cause it's really cold. They yeah, really like their it, AC. It is, it is pretty cold. Normally. Um, but yeah, so I think, but the fact that both types of trends are what's drawing young evangelicals means that maybe the answer isn't let's like embrace the skinny jeans culture. I'll call yeah. it that because that's skinny a jean culture. great term. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing skinny jeans right now. So <laughs> not skinny offended. jean culture. Um, maybe, maybe what people are seeking, A, is experiencing God mm-hmm. and B, learning about God. Yeah. I would say the one thing that I would say about this, well, not the one thing because I'm going to say multiple things, um, but one of the things I would say is we ought to also be careful not to lump young people into a group. I'd say like, Mm. this happens a lot where you lump in like old people and young people get lumped in as a group of this is what old people like. And this is what young people like. True. And to a certain extent, like you could say like, you're more likely to connect with young people through a Twitter page than you are with older people. Mm -hmm. That is, that is a fact. That is true. But I think we do want to be careful in assuming that like every single person over, you know, the age of, insert, you know, 50, um, doesn't want to 
doesn't like Hillsong, and every person under the age of 30 thinks Hillsong is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We're just, you know, using Hillsong as an example because everybody knows Hillsong. Right. But I've met people from all different spectrums of that, and I think we just need to be careful and sensitive to the idea that there isn't actually one model. Mm-hmm. It's, the Bible doesn't come out and say, you know what you need to do is here's the model for a church. Yeah. Just, you know, it's not a church planting manual. There's no scriptural church planting manual. And so you need to really adva- at, really examine what is best for your context mm-hmm. and also what's best for your people. Well, but here's here's what I um, what I think is, is interesting. So the, the, the campus ministry that I work with, um, in the philosophy of ministry, there's this understanding that the thing that's attractive about Christianity mm. isn't, you know, do we do free coffee on Sunday mornings? Right. Are we going to entice people to come by? Maybe they'll get like a you know, year supply of Taco Bell or what? I don't know if any churches actually do that. Would anyone be enticed to come by a year supply of Taco Bell? Honestly, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got two out of three. Maybe it's yes. an unreached people group. Yeah, maybe that's what, man, that's our new thing to. is like. But but there's a there's an understanding that what's attractive about Christianity, what's attractive about, about the gospel is Jesus himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like church growth, mm, healthy, positive church growth doesn't happen because people like the music. Hey. It happens because people meet Jesus and that's it. Yeah. Uh, that said, there's a lot of work that goes into that. A lot of work that, that goes into facilitating an environment where people can meet Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's, that's an important thing is that at the end of the day, it's, it's Christ. And if, and if people are just coming to your church because they really like the worship, I mean, that's, you know, you're getting people in the door. That's, that's good. But if you're not connecting them to Jesus, I mean, you're doing you, nothing. Yeah, you're not really doing. Yeah, there's nothing. You're just gathering a crowd. Mm-hmm. Crowds, you can gather a crowd, but making you know making disciples is very different. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing that I would also just like to push back on a little bit from people is, I feel like sometimes you know you've got people who, I said, and I kind of said it just a minute ago, but they try to take a model of another church that's reaching young people, and just cut and paste it into their church, mm-hmm. as if like, oh, this worked where I was before you know, or this worked for this church. And so we just need to do exactly what that church is doing. First of all, Christ has made us, we're a diverse group of people. Like, you know, we, if we all, if the church becomes just one big, you know, that says the church is the body, if we all just become hands, <laughs> we're, we're going to be in trouble. It's creepy. We, it's going to be creepy. <laughs> we need some feet. We need some, you know, we need some necks and we need some eyes. And we need some ears. We need some different parts of the body yeah. to do different things. You know, so we need, we need that. We can't all just take this model and go, aha, here's the formula for reaching people. And this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, secondly, I think there's beauty in the diversity yeah. of the church that very often there's a different, a bunch of different worship styles, mm-hmm. a bunch of different preaching styles, a bunch of different community styles. And that's okay. Like, as I tell people all the time, you know, you don't have to appeal to every single person because nobody can do that. Right. There's no church that appeals to everyone. And that's okay. Like, you have to be willing to say, like, this, this is the church that we are. This is the group of people. We're ministering to this group. And you're, of course, always welcome to change. Of course, always welcome to doing whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to doing, um, to welcoming new people, to reaching out to people, to trying to bring people into the kingdom. But at the same time, not be thrown by every 
uh, wave of new culture that comes along or new hip thing mm-hmm. to try to be this thing that you're not. Yeah. And sometimes I think instead of, you know, rock and roll, great music, there are a lot of people who would just like authentic community. Mm-hmm. And maybe you think, oh, yeah, they really like the music, but what they really want is people who are authentic. It's people who are... What they really want is someone to actually go up to them on Sunday morning and say, how are you? And yeah. And mean it. And yeah, and talk to them. Yeah. And and be and also just, you know, when they go to worship, to be around a bunch of other people that they feel like are actually there to meet with God. Well, and, and I think the, like, reaching... This is going to sound weird, which is why I need to explain it, but reaching people isn't the aim of the church mm. only. Like... You can reach, you know, you can have a church of 20,000 people. If there's no gospel there, it's just a gathering of people. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, so on the one hand, yes, let's reach young people. What, like, yes, absolutely. Um, on the other hand, let's not be obsessed with, you know, am I, am I, are we getting a uh, hundred new young people each month? Right. That shouldn't be the aim of any church. Uh, ultimately, right, or even primarily, um, because it's not easy, but it's relatively easy to get, you know, a hundred people gathered together in a room. Yeah, but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a place where people can meet Jesus, and we want people to meet Jesus. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really good, and I think, uh, yeah, just it's it's a matter of. Um, creating a place where people can grow, mm-hmm. creating a place where they can connect. Yeah. And so often I think we get so obsessed with doing the programs and doing the events and doing, you know, making sure our worship is the right way versus just, f- and forget the little things of mm-hmm. like, oh, just inviting them over to your, you know, people to your house, just inviting people to be a part of your life, inviting people to be in a, this family we call the church. Yeah. So... You know, that's what I would say, and uh, I think this is something that we'll have to keep talking about, which is, you know, because young people are are a fickle group, but we're also a diverse group, Mm -hmm. and not what appeals to one person is going to appeal to everyone else. True. And so, you know, hopefully people will consider that, and um, I guess the whole point of our podcast from two young people was like, don't worry about us as much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, we'll figure it out, Like, but we want... I think what I always want is people to be authentic, is yeah. to be authentic worship, and just be who you are, be who God's called you to be in your community yeah, as a and, church. Yeah, and the the obsession with how do we reach millennials, we could tone it down. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's just sometimes it's ridiculous. It's just like, oh, well, how do we reach millennials? I don't know, man. Like, be a good church, like be a healthy church and people want to come here. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, that's, that's sometimes I just want to be like, well, if, I mean, uh, you know, be a healthy church, like, and Mm -hmm. people will be there. I mean, you know, there's so many churches that I see having this conversation, but aren't having the, are we a good Jesus loving Bible teaching church that just, just people want to attend. How do we reach millennials? Get the gospel. Yeah. Like, you know what millennials need? The gospel. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, man, I guess tweet at us at, uh, what's the, what's the Twitter handle just to it's confirm? at uncomfortably X. Uncomfortably X. Yeah. Taking the Christ out of Christian. Good job. <laughs> it's uh, our new motto. 
That's a, that's a terrible one. <laughs> uh, shout out Bear Charger. Mm. Good, good job. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so great, uh, great pod. Tweet at us. Um, look us up on Facebook. Uh, send us in some questions or something that you want to hear us talk about or, or don't. Um, and we'll be back. So thanks for listening.